Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast, brought to you by Edmonton Global, hosted by me, Brianna Morris, and my colleague, Sherry Baslama. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, an economic development agency that represents 14 municipalities that make up the Edmonton metropolitan region. Home to 1.4 million people and generating $105 billion in GDP, our region is Canada's fifth largest economy, and we're just getting started. At Edmonton Global, our purpose is to transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton region. And we do that by attracting foreign direct investment and quality jobs. We also support our local businesses to expand internationally. On this podcast, we talk about economic development matters and why it matters. We discuss how we can best compete in the global marketplace and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the quality of life for the people in our communities. Today, we are speaking with Dr. Bob Murray, a senior business advisor with Denton's Government Affairs and Public Policy Group. Bob and Brianna are both policy wonks. I'm a little bit of the odd one out in the room today, so I'm actually going to let Brianna introduce him. (laughs) Sure. Okay, thanks, Jerry. So Bob holds a PhD in political science from the University of Alberta and has been published extensively, especially in the area of international relations. He served as the president of a post-secondary institution. He's worked as an executive in the economic development sector, and he's led the research program for a national think tank. He's also worked in the K-12 education sector. Bob is often sought after to make public commentary on policy and political issues, but he's also a trusted advisor to a range of confidential clients across the globe for whom he solves complex issues. There are a lot of things we could talk about today, so I'm looking forward to seeing where the conversation goes. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for being here. So, Thanks for having me. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm just going to jump in and say really quick, I'm glad you did that introduction because that was a lot. Like, Bob, you you have a lot of experience, so I'm also excited to hear. It could. I just think better. it's why I look so tired all the time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you don't look that tired. Um, you, anyways. Uh, so one of the reasons we were eager to have you on our podcast is because you helped us start Edmonton Global. Is that right? Can you tell us about that? Sure thing. Yeah, I had the opportunity back starting in, uh, I guess it was 2017, uh, to work with a very, very small group of folks to uh, really get Edmonton Global uh, Incorporated put together and launched. So I was very fortunate to uh, have the opportunity to work on the very first strategic plan for the organization. Uh, And so I held the, uh, what ended up being the inaugural uh, title of VP of Strategy, and I think it was Strategy and Partnerships at the time. I think it's since evolved. And my role was mainly doing the nuts and bolts around the research and identifying the core sectors that the Edmonton region could be competitive in, uh, taking a look at how uh, structuring a strategic plan for the organization in its infancy was going to lead to the results that uh, obviously the shareholders and the board were going to be looking for, and really trying to set the organization up and therefore setting investment attraction efforts in the Edmonton region up over the long term for success. So it was a really cool project over the span. I guess I was with them for about a year and a half. Uh, and so it's been really interesting to see uh, what the organization has done since then. At the, at the start, it was three of us. Uh, so it has now since grown just a little bit uh, based on what I, I see and hear. But uh, yeah, it was a really uh, great opportunity, great experience. That's awesome. So it sounds like Sherry and I would not have the jobs we have today and this podcast then if, if not for you. So thank you for your efforts. Um, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned the core sectors where you think the Edmonton region can be successful. Can you tell us what, what those are? 
Well, I think the strategic plan still uh, holds true to some extent anyway in uh, taking a look at things like uh, agriculture and agribusiness, uh, energy uh, and looking at the way that energy was going to be structured. Uh, manufacturing and advanced manufacturing was uh, going to be one of those growth areas over the long term. And there were other potential uh, sectors. I know that at the time, the, the debate and the question was, what do we do with the emerging AI and technology sectors uh, and how are those going to fit into things? And so really what we did is we differentiated between horizontal and vertical sectors as to where those standalone sectors could be with a focus constantly on innovation. And we felt that uh, AI, the, the future of AI and also a broader technology was going to be something we wanted to encourage in all of those sectors uh, moving forward. So we were able to be go about doing that. And I know, you know, since uh, the inception of Edmonton Global and taking a look at some of the shifts in the global marketplace, seeing what's happening through COVID, uh, that, you know, probably time to revisit some of those assumptions around what those growth opportunities were actually going to be and whether or not uh, new opportunities had emerged. I've heard talk of, uh, you know, certainly looking at things like transportation logistics and whether or not the Edmonton region does have a competitive advantage in that area. Uh, FinTech is another uh, piece that I know that the Edmonton region is looking pretty closely at as to whether or not there's some competitive advantage. But I think overall, those core sectors that we had started with and the economic assumptions upon which we built the plan for Edmonton Global has stood the test of time. At least, maybe I'm uh, I'm clearly biased around that, but I still think that they have. Yeah, no, I think that's true, and I think um, the proof is in what we're focusing on at Edmonton Global. We're still still very much focused on those sectors. The other kind of core thing that Edmonton Global was stood up around was this idea of regional collaboration. Can you speak a little bit about that and why you think that's important? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, regional collaboration and a regional approach to economic development is really the the value upon which Edmonton Global was born. And, uh, you know, I think, why do I think a, a regional collaboration is important? It's actually pretty simple. I think regional collaboration and regionalism provides better outcomes, better services for citizens, uh, better opportunities uh, for everybody in the region, and greater affordability as well over the long term for the citizens of a region. Uh, you know, when we look at, from an economic development perspective, uh, regions, when they operate together, municipalities come together and, and work together in a regional model, they are more competitive. Bear in mind that we are dealing with a global system of about 200 nation states. And so we're, we have the national level, and then we have a series of sub-federal entities, whether it's provinces, states, counties, municipalities, et cetera. And there's a very crowded place for us to be moving in and really disparate and disjointed efforts at trying to pursue investment attraction, economic development planning. We're not yielding the results that we wanted to see in the Edmonton region. We were competing against each other rather than seeing a coordinated approach being taken out to the world. And so regions uh, historically and data demonstrates that regions are more competitive in a crowded global marketplace. Uh, Collaboration in a region drives innovation. Uh, regions build capacity, they create efficiencies, and they also allow for the collective leveraging of resources and economies of scale. Uh, and so I'm very uh, big on pushing regional approaches to economic development. I think, as I, I mentioned, you know, it also produces better outcomes for citizens, better amenities, better services, better access uh, to goods and services across a region. And then lastly, better service delivery. Uh, you know, when we're looking at 
what it is that we're supposed to be doing in regions and, and how it is that we're supposed to be uh, delivering access of things to citizens. You know, the service delivery to citizens and regions, and when there's a coordinated approach, they're more consistent, reliable, and cost-effective. So I think all of those things point to regional approaches yielding better results. And this is built on evidence, not just, you know, within Canada, uh, but it's globally. And we see that the more sophisticated regions in the world are having greater economic success as a result of that ongoing coordination. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot there um, you give us to think about. Um, with the pandemic now, what do you think going forward as a as a collectively, as a region, we might have to, is there some way we might need to kind of pivot on the way we're approaching things? I think any organization that had a strategic plan related to economic development in 20, early 2020 that hasn't revisited it as a result of COVID is missing an opportunity. And I think it's incredibly important for uh, the Edmonton region to take a look at the fact of whether or not things have shifted, whether or not there are actually new opportunities. You know, one of the uh, biggest dangers and risks that the Edmonton region fell into prior to the start of Edmonton Global was a lot of efforts were being pursued because of anecdote. Uh, people had a belief, and if you repeat the story enough in the Edmonton region, people start to actually believe it. And so what we really wanted was a, a, an empirically and uh, empirical and data-driven approach to economic development, that a strategy was going to be built on being able to recognize where our core competencies and strengths are and where we actually saw a competitive advantage and growth opportunity over the, both the short and long terms. Those things may have shifted as a result of the economic shocks of COVID and the economic shock globally that accompanied COVID that we are still, frankly, working our way out of. And so for the Edmonton region, I think it's incredibly important to assess whether or not those uh, competitive strengths and those core focuses remain the core focuses and whether that's the right path. And also, the world is changing. The way that we did economic development uh, in early 2020 is not the way that we're going to be able to do economic development moving forward. I think there's an opportunity for us to innovate within the business of economic development. And so I think this is actually a really great opportunity. One of the pitfalls of economic development in Alberta, I think, has been we've started to see the bureaucratization of economic development, where we have too many entities with too many people. Taxpayers are getting hit uh, to, to, multiple, uh, to repeat efforts across the ecosystem. Quite frankly, when Edmonton Global was started, it was meant to streamline the ecosystem we have seen new entities popping up. We've seen mandates go and scope creep uh, start all over again. So that streamlining and efficient way of looking at how to pursue investment attraction to this region is going to be incredibly imperative. And we do not want to get caught in the mode of repeating mistakes of the past. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you talked about innovating the economic development process. Do you see regions globally that are doing that really well? Or do you have an I ideas of how that might you know, play out in the real world? Yeah, well, I, I think that those regions that have been operating as regions for longer that have already seen success used COVID as an opportunity to innovate. So when you can't send 10 staff members on a mission to a particular international jurisdiction, what do you do? Investment attraction didn't stop for two years, no. 
right? There were, we had to actually innovate within that realm to say, how is it that we're going to reach investors? Business is doing business differently. And to me, economic development is always a response to the needs of business, not the response to the needs necessarily of the shareholder or the municipality or the jurisdiction that wants to attract. So when we actually talk to business and we look at business and business is saying, we're doing things differently. We're evaluating investment differently. We're spending dollars differently. We're no longer, in some cases, some businesses and, uh, and organizations are saying, you know, three years ago, we were going to build a 10,000 person office. We're no longer doing that. Right. But we still want to be able to continue things. So have we been able to learn from business sufficiently that we are able to meet their needs when they do express an interest in wanting to put forward an investment and what that investment looks like? And so uh, thinking like business, understanding business, moving at the pace of business is incredibly important. I think sometimes what we see in, in jurisdictions that lag behind, it's this belief of, and a little bit of hubris in those jurisdictions of, well, people should want to invest here. Well, that's not the way that business works, quite frankly, right? Our obligation is to take our message into a crowded marketplace and to be able to very clearly demonstrate what our value proposition is, what we offer that's different than others, and why their business can thrive here. And so I still think that when we look at Edmonton and we look at where we're at right now, one of the core areas that we still have to be focused on is brand. When we go into the world and we talk to business, getting business interested in the Edmonton region remains a bit of a challenge. So, and as businesses have changed, we have to be able to tailor our message now to what business needs, not what they needed a few years ago. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. I think um, one of the challenges is uh, when we look at economic development organizations, a lot of us are saying the same things about all of our regions, right? We have talent, we have access to land, we have access to infrastructure. So, finding a way to set ourselves apart from, you know, all of the other regions that are competing um, is, is certainly a challenge. Absolutely. And we, we also don't want to get into the habit of, again, competing against ourselves or thinking too small. You know, one of the things I think we get preoccupied here in Edmonton is what's Calgary doing? And Calgary is doing incredibly well. Calgary's found ways to innovate and succeed in investing and uh, attracting investment. But Calgary is one example. We have to be thinking broader than what's in our backyard. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for those thoughts. So, Bob, I know you've also been the president of a post-secondary institution. Um, what is what is the best role that they can play in supporting economic development efforts? Econo there is no separation between economic development and post-secondary institutions. Uh, the, the best jurisdictions that have seen economic success have partnered with and worked with their post-secondary institutions. Uh, and post-secondaries bring a number of things to the table in the economic development conversation. First and foremost is around talent and skills. We all want to talk about talent and labor force. Well, guess who the producers of talent are, depending on those needs, right? And that's universities, polytechnics, and colleges. And so meeting and anticipating the labor needs of the future, the earlier that economic development entities and orders of government partner with post-secondaries to see the needs of the future helps those post-secondaries gear programming to the graduates that they need to the future to fill labor force needs. So that's important. Uh, Post-secondaries are incredibly connected to industry and help with industry-driven solutions. We hear a lot about commercialization. Um, typically, post-secondaries are incredibly involved in the commercialization of technology and ideas and then moving through to application. And that commercialization works differently between universities and polytechnics and colleges, but there's a wide spectrum of commercialization that post-secondaries are vital in working through. And of course, post-secondaries are always engaged in research, and, and that research is on solving the problems of tomorrow. And those are incredibly important variables to be thinking through, again, operating in a very crowded uh, 
global uh, environment, how post-secondaries are bringing things to the table. So I think it's a, it's important to bear in mind that, uh, you know, we looked at the, just before COVID, the attitude towards post-secondaries in Alberta versus what happened when COVID hit. And I think everybody realized that at a provincial level, but also in the communities where Alberta's post-secondaries exist, that economic recovery was going to be at least in part, but largely driven by those post-secondary institutions. And of course, that, the last thing I'd say is anytime we talk about quality of life metrics, when we're looking in the world and, and organizations are looking to what kind of quality of life you have, post-secondaries are always a huge component of that. And so they are inextricably linked to the conversations about uh, economic development. And I think here in the Edmonton region, we're very lucky to have world-class uh, post-secondary institutions that span that spectrum of comprehensive research university through undergraduate university to polytechnic to college and private university as well. No, agreed. And you mentioned economic recovery. Um, it's my understanding you recently chaired the Alberta College's economic re sorry economic recovery task force. Is is that right? And it, I did. It talks about I think it was micro uh, credentialing and work integrated learning. Can you maybe talk uh, a little bit about that for our listeners? I know they're kind of newer concepts. Well, they're not terribly new concepts, but I think they've become very popularized uh, in recent years. And so really what it is, is how um, with work integrated learning, one of the concerns that we always have about labor force needs is how do you integrate graduates and students into the actual workforce? And what we've seen over time is that students have a much easier time getting employed and immediately contributing to the labor force if they have on-the-job experience. Their programming in post-secondary is made stronger typically by having on-the-job experience, working with employers, getting a taste of what going to work is actually like. So work integrated learning has become an incredibly important component of that. And I know I also had the opportunity to sit in the guiding coalition for the Alberta 2030 post-secondary review and work integrated learning was a significant component of where uh, the current government here in Alberta really wants post-secondary to go, which is we want job ready graduates and work integrated learning is absolutely essential for us to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about um talking about the great post-secondaries that we have in the Edmonton region specifically. I know oftentimes we, we talk about the University of Alberta because, of course, it is a world-class institution. And uh, I think they just recently got the best global rankings that they've had so far. So not only is it good, but it continues to get even better. But I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the role of polytechnics, polytechnics and colleges too, and how, you know, building that broad spectrum of talent is so important because we've got great polytechnics and colleges here as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think one of the most important things to remember is that polytechnics and colleges bring a different suite of programming to the table, different, typically different duration of programs. Some polytechnics and colleges offer degrees, but usually highly specialized degrees in core areas of expertise and competency. And really, it's covering that spectrum that if you want a PhD, master's, a four-year undergraduate degree, universities are going to be able to help you with that. Whereas polytechnics and colleges are usually work focused on two-year programs, sometimes upgrade programs, continuing education, work-integrated learning, and really, and also trades uh, are also a significant component in those areas. And so when we look at the spectrum of what a successful workforce looks like, the Edmonton region is able to meet all of those needs by virtue of having that full spectrum of post-secondary really here in our backyard. What do you think is the biggest uh, challenge right now for post-secondary institutions? What can government maybe do to help help move things along? <laughs> Complicated question. Um, <laughs> and I'll be careful with the answer. I think more than anything, 
it is incredibly important for all orders of government to recognize that post-secondary institutions are not simply handing out pieces of paper, whether it's a degree or a diploma. Right? These are economic drivers. These are labor force uh, organizations. These are comprehensive research and commercialization. There is no economy without post-secondary institutions. And so rather than looking at them as buildings or as those graduating people or et cetera, I think it's incredibly important to understand that the vast array of benefits brought to communities, provinces, the country, the economy, and a number of other areas by post-secondary institutions uh, is absolutely integral for our collective success as Canadians over the long term. And so I think that we've, we see a collective uh, acceptance of that. I don't think we see a common understanding of what that model uh, or the financing of that model necessarily looks like. But what I would say is the shift in tone in Alberta around post-secondaries throughout COVID, I think, demonstrates a, a greater recognition on the part of everybody in Alberta as to how important those institutions are to economic success. Beyond maybe the, the message to government, is there anything else that you'd want to leave with our listeners, something that you'd want to say about economic development? Like if you were, your, your key takeaways. Yeah, uh, avoid the bureaucratization uh, of economic development. Make sure that uh, when we're looking at it, that we are doing this in a way that is actually streamlining and increasing our competitiveness and that we're not tripping over each other uh, within the region in trying to take a message out to the world or to do that hunting. Um, and it's also incredibly important for us to be sophisticated about this. This is not an easy thing. And what I would say is ev evidentiary and data-driven economic development will yield better results over the long term than anecdotal and trying to be all things to all people. And what, what does that translate into? Usually when there is an economic development strategy, strategic discipline becomes incredibly important. It's hard to stay focused on a strategy if other things keep coming your way, but the, the strategic discipline yields the benefits and the aspiration that the evidence shows you at the outset of the process. Um, how can listeners get a hold of you? They can find me online. And if worse comes to worse, they can contact you to put, put them in touch with me. <laughs> Sounds good. So this is Dr. Bob Murray uh, from Denton's. Uh, so thank you so much, Bob, for your time today and for sharing um, all these interesting insights. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, My Bob. My pleasure. Thanks okay. so much for having me. Well, Sherry, I think there's a lot packed in there, um, and so I'm trying to even remember everything he brought up. But one of the ones, or one of the things that really stood out to me was um, strategic discipline and how we shouldn't be everything to all people um, and staying focused. I really do think that is a great reminder for people in the economic development field and looking at what is the mandate of your organization specifically. Focus on that mandate, um, and then and where can you collaborate with them and take advantage of their their strengths, you know, where needed. Um, yeah, the way you talked about, you know, the process of identifying the sectors that Edmonton Global is focused on, right? So that it's all research and data driven, super, super important. And I think that's still something that we do at Edmonton Global. Um, and it's something that we continue to evaluate. The other thing I would say is um, paying attention to global trends is another really, really important thing that I think we do, especially 
as Bob mentioned, post-COVID, right, the things change and we have to look at those areas where what's happening globally kind of dovetails with our regional strengths. And then when we do that, I think we can compete to win. Yeah, actually, no, I wish I asked him about um, the invasion of Ukraine, too, and how that's kind of changing things or where we might be looking um, like strategic uh, sectors for us, because I know that's affecting energy security and, and a lot of I think it's grain was coming. From Absolutely. Ukraine, right. And so, um, like, yeah, I agree with your point, the global. Yeah, it global seems trends. it seems like more and more things are changing rapidly globally through the p- pandemic like you say Ukraine um it's it's really important that we we continue to reevaluate and make sure that we're headed in the right direction yeah so focused and strategic but also adaptable and and right. you know staying with the times yeah. <laughs> totally that's a wrap for today thank you for tuning in to the economic development matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website at edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. We hope you learned something new today about economic development matters and why it matters. Until next time, we're your hosts, Sherry and Brianna, signing off.